Hello everyone and welcome to our podcast. Today we are going to be presenting our views on some of our favorite poems from Indian literature and English. There is a total of 6 poems from varying themes and poets in this podcast and we wish to share our interpretations of the same. We hope you enjoy. All you who sleep tonight is written in very simple and lucid language that is easily understandable. The poem is profound, amazing and poignant in tone which comes along with a universal message. This poem renders a message which connects with the reader stating that no one is alone in this journey of life and there are many invisible factors protecting, loving, guiding and taking care of us. The poet speaks about those who are far away from their comfort zone. These people are sad and solitary because either they are not in a known place or they are far from their loved ones. The poet sympathizes with them and asks them not to feel lonely and consider themselves alone. He says that the entire world is by their side and shares their pain and sorrows. Therefore, they are not the only ones suffering from separation. There are many who are out there experiencing the same situation of life. Separation is a part of life and it also teaches us to be strong and self-sufficient. The poet in his next stanza goes on to say that there is a saying that when a person dies they take the form of a star. That is why the poet is asking the person not to feel alone and insecure because when the person feels that way they should look up at the stars to ensure that they are not alone. The person they are missing is right there watching them from above. Finally, when you realize the person you are missing is near you, you feel a lot better and you are able to sleep properly. We cannot sleep until and unless our minds are at peace and we have peace within ourselves. When a reader reads this poem, he can realize that he is not alone but with millions of stars above sharing his pain and loneliness. This poem consists only of two stanzas each having four lines. The first line rhymes with the third while the second rhymes with the fourth. The poem acts as a sedative to the souls who are unable to sleep soundly because of their lonely heart and the poem helps in creating inner peace. Prayer of Life and Death by Sri Aurobindo is nothing but a portrayal of death in the most beautiful way. Sri Aurobindo asks us not to fear death but to look at it as a beautiful maiden. He also says that death can be painful initially but its end result is everlasting bliss. The poem is magical and its figurative portrayal of death is wonderful. Sri Aurobindo says that death is like a beautiful bride with a laughing face that opens the gates of eternal bliss to mankind. Death does not imitate our timings, rather it has its own timing and comes from its own will and desire. The primary significance of the opening lines to Sri Aurobindo's poem will be that our common conception of life and death as binary opposites must be modified he implies that life and death come together in a person's fate and are not to be looked at separately sri aurobindo begins his poem with the conventional conception of life and death as one in which humans being fear death as the end of life the invocation of our thought and consciousness along with the concept of firm helps to reinforce this shri aurobindo talks a piece of belief that postulates death as the end of life one that is regarded with fear and confusion it is rooted in the attachment of life and the attachment to it is as one in which individual see themselves as being alone in the world shri aurobindo follows the opening lines with two opposites that open his long hidden pages
this helps to invoke the concept that life and death are a part of a larger phase it is not one in which we are forlorn which leads us to fear death rather shri aurobindo suggests that we must open our minds to completely accept a world in which individuals see themselves as a part of a larger configuration this construction is one which liberating truths emerge shedding the illusion that death is supposed to be all that fear shrouds for shri aurobindo the opening lines of his poem indicate that this way of thinking is something that needs to be modified and can be achieved if one has the courage to unravel the long hidden it is a fine specimen of indian literature and presents beautifully to us a reality that we must accept and embrace mahapatra expresses the readers unwavering truth through his poetry even though he is a male poet he thinks from a female perspective while describing women he gives emphasis to the deeply hidden emotions of women because he believes that the agonies grief and frustration need to be addressed via literature the poem i am about to discuss illustrates how monsters shaped like men abuse females physically and emotionally and the title is her hand the little girl's hand is made of darkness and how to hold her this poem's initial sentence has a different impact on us it makes us wonder why someone should feel otherwise after holding the little girl's hand why can't it be out of filial love the poet doesn't know how to sympathize with the girl how to give psychological and moral support to her the street lamps hang like decapitated heads and blood opens that terrible door between us is this the image of india where female feticide is practiced this second stanza increases the themes anguish and grief apart from the decapitation blood spills out and opens the door for us to observe the world which we find disgusting the wide mouth of the country is clamped in pain while its body writes on its bed of nails the news has caused a stir across the country how can you express the agony and pity it causes how can you put the difficulties trouble and tragedy into words that only a victim can speak and feel this little girl has her raped body for him to reach her the weight of his guilt is unable to overcome his resistance to hug her people usually abandon rape victims to their weak and poor families leaving them to die in captivity rather than being nasty we should try to be kind and genuine who is to blame our own consciousness is to blame we need to get rid of our outdated mindset and restricted attitude the poem is filled with psychological and sociological anguish and stress the realities of child abuse moral depravity and sexual exploitation are depicted by jayanta mahapatra he brings the rape victims suffering to our attention are we really able to eliminate poverty hunger underdevelopment illiteracy completely so the god in his free love talks about a selfless kind of love he's conversing in the poem with a person someone who has never tried to stop him from doing what 
I guess I would say it's someone who doesn't stop him from doing what his heart wants. Someone who doesn't make him feel tied to a bond. You know, we say that we feel a connection with friends, with people we love, with our family. And, you know, connection always signifies a bond that we are joined or tied to each other, right? And a parallel I can think of is that in jail, people are tied with handcuffs. Tagore claims that the love of those who keep him tied to their relationships, to homes, to their feelings, their love is not as great as the love of a person who lets him free. He compares how there are people who never want to leave him alone due to the fear that lest he forget them. And then there is the other person he's speaking with whose love is formed on the mutual understanding that even if they don't meet or see each other for some time, they will always love each other. See, I have a friend who I used to chat daily with on WhatsApp and eventually our conversations started shortening. Not because we stopped being friends, but because we were living our lives. And I appreciated him the most when I texted him after a huge period of silence and he didn't bog me down with questions like, why did you not talk to me every day? And for me, that mutual understanding was precious. See, frankly, I'm a very big hypocrite because I do feel bad or lost or uncertain when I don't talk to a friend for some time. And we're humans. We're meant to feel like that when we feel a connection is being threatened, when we feel the absence of a person and we just can't help but think, am I losing them? And it's natural. Just because I want to be left alone at times doesn't mean I don't feel the need to hug someone, tell them how my day was, spend time with them. And that is why we humans are so damn complex because we never know what we want exactly. See, I love my solitude, but I also love my messy bonds I have with people. And you know what? Let's preserve this. Let's exist as people who want to fly high in solitude without a burden on their wings, but also want to curl up into a warm nest of solidarity at the same time. Kamala Das writes about love and how it means two completely different things for men and women. In this heteronormative patriarchal society that we live in, women are conditioned to believe that love is where they are supposed to give and never take, while men are always taught to milk women's sacrifices. She hence titles the poem, A Losing Battle, when love feels like war. She talks about how when she tries to love, the man is just full of lust in himself. She points out how men think of themselves as superior than women and therefore they're not meant to be loved because all they can do with your love is just use it against you. She mocks the patriarchal belief that women must suffer in silence and it should mean love to them. She urges women to break their silence, use anything but their love and kindness that is being used against them for ages now. It is now time to trap the oppressors, she suggests. I met a man once from Himes in Darkness by Nesim Ezekiel. The narrator of the poem takes us to the story of a man who has wasted half of his life. He has wasted his life in two halves, the first half being by being in an exile without knowing himself and staying away from his own self and then by staying in a prison to build up his own self. He can be seen to have forgotten to know himself, what he is, and then trying to make himself as a person which he himself never knew. He was an energetic man, an active man. The narrator likes a spirit which never goes down. But after all, he has no hope for him. 
This is all because he had wasted half of his life. The man had a common touch which every other individual had and he could for instance work with his hands which describes that he hasn't grown too old to be unable to work. He is attentive to all the things around him. He though never looked upon his own needs in his life. He tirelessly worked as a social human being who knew that he knew that he would be defeated and he would have it like his own twin brother. In the concluding lines, the narrator says that he saw the man cheerful in that universe of darkness finding joy cheerfully by standing gloomy in his own little light. With that, we have come to an end of our podcast. We hope you enjoyed our interpretations and our views on some of the finest poems in Indian literature. I would like to conclude with a quote by Edgar Allan Poe. Poetry is the rhythmical creation of beauty in words. Thank you so much for listening and we hope you had a pleasant time.